Welcome to Autism Stories, where we connect you with amazing people that help teens and adults with autism become more independent and successful. I'm your host, Doug Bletcher, the founder of Autism Personal Coach. I recently read that more than 1 billion people globally are participating in volunteer work. That's so important because there are so many problems in the world and we need all the help we can get to fix them. Uh, There are so many other positive side effects of volunteering, and today we're going to talk with Bill Fembers, the social media facilitator for the Autism Society of Greater Cincinnati on the power of volunteering for those with autism. Bill himself is on the autism spectrum, as is his younger brother and his nephew. He is an Oak Hills High School graduate and has lived in Cincinnati for nearly his entire life. Bill began volunteering for the Autism Society of Greater Cincinnati in June of 2016, and as of April 2017, he has assisted as the social media facilitator. Bill is also a volunteer for Marjorie Book Continuing Education, a local nonprofit bringing people with and without disabilities together through theater, post-secondary education opportunities, and community service. We hope you enjoy today's conversation. Hello, Bill. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Doug. I'm glad to be here. I actually predicted when you first started doing this that I would be one of your guests at some point down the road. <laughs> yeah, you're smart. You're smart to predict that. So um, I wanted to talk to you today, Bill, about um, the power of volunteering in your, in your life. I think it's really important. Um, however, I know at one point in your life you didn't always feel that volunteering would bring you any type of uh, satisfaction. Uh, read that in uh, 2015 you had uh, lost your job and you were at one of your lowest points in your life. Um, it was suggested that you uh, to you to volunteer, but you didn't think that volunteering would be that enjoyable to you. Um, what kind of made you feel that way? It, well, it started with a very extensive depression uh, stage after losing that job because it was like the 18th job that I had lost Hmm. in my employment history and I had been told first of all just professionals had told me not to bother going back out in the work field to you know uh, stay out of the workforce since I had also been approved for a social security disability check. Mm-hmm. 
So, between losing another job and just part of the press rooms because I had just been recognized at uh, Icron at their fall graduation in 2015 for individuals that may, may, that found work and had maintained work and they had recognized me and I had done the cap and gown thing and so forth and five days later I got fired from that job which made it a lot worse. Mm-hmm. So this depression and thinking that I, I had failed and I was a failure. It was an extensive period of time. Uh, volunteering had been suggested to me during this depression, but I had balked at the idea, regardless of it was from friends or counselors, so forth. There's also a difference between paid work and unpaid work and my pride made it to where I, I didn't feel comfortable telling people that if they asked that I didn't have a job that pays uh-huh. that if you just tell them that you're volunteering somewhere that it would put a bad impression on them that, you know, he's not working how is he supporting himself I didn't feel comfortable with that, and so for a long time I just sat at home, watched television, uh, didn't really take care of myself. So it was it was a pretty lousy time between fall of 2015 and the spring of 2016, where I was doing absolutely nothing. I put on weight and just I just kept myself in my apartment for almost all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and so then the following year you met uh, my friend uh, Joe Link for lunch one day. Yes. Um, to discuss the nonprofit that he was and is still the executive director for, Marjorie Book Education. At that point, did you change your mind about volunteering? No, not right away. Um, I remember that meeting. It was held in February of 2016 at the Frisch's over in Queensgate. And part of the reason I had met with him was because I, I took it as a challenge from my counselor two days prior to go out and be social the entire weekend. So, Friday, I went to an out-of-town hockey game. Saturday, I met with a former teacher of mine and then went to dinner with a former co-worker of mine. And then Sunday, I had met up with Joe. And the conversation with Joe sort of had to do with both, you know, would volunteering be a viable option for me, but also to look into autism personal coach options mm-hmm. and we talked I think for an hour mm-hmm. uh, he sent me some info about autism personal coach and he had sent me a schedule of Marjorie Books events and one of the events that sticks out was a class that 
somebody was teaching about the history of Reds baseball, and I looked into it, into uh-huh. into participating, but after looking at Google Street Maps and where the class was going to be held at on UC's campus, I didn't feel comfortable trying to drive over there, trying to find the building that it was on at, mm-hmm. trying to find a, find a place to park, so I just passed on it, though I'm, I'm sure I would have really enjoyed the class if I had made the effort, but it was actually two months later in April that I, I don't know, I remember just laying in bed, just, it was early evening, just laying in bed, and everything all, I just, I guess it's just, the depression makes you tired, so, and I just said, literally just said to myself, all right, okay, and I drove up to where Marjorie Book was having rehearsals for a couple of one-act plays uh-huh. up at the Friendship United Methodist Church in the uh, Wyoming area, and I, I began uh, just sort of filling in as a volunteer in terms of actors that were absent, taking their roles for rehearsal, which included playing the role of a girl. And I'm not sure why at the time, but I continued coming back, and I think Joe and his wife Maria, the associate director, were happy that I kept coming back, and I went so far as to even began participating in their service learning projects that they have. They were at Solway Park in the Mill Creek area a couple times that spring and summer to clean it up and trim bushes and do that type of stuff. And I was there both times in 2016. And then that fall, they were participating with the prepare fair that people working cooperatively has done for over 30 years and I helped Marjorie book with raking leaves and bagging leaves and I think I kept coming back to show that I wasn't a flake volunteer like someone who's going to show up one time and then not come back mm-hmm. and honestly the other part was for the Facebook attention because photos get posted and there are those that like that attention or want that attention or want people to see what they're doing if it's something hey there there's a difference between people that just take selfies and those that are taking group pictures of a park that they had just cleaned up and whatnot and honestly that honestly I wanted that attention from other people in case anybody was wondering what I was doing since I was not doing paying work. So you were looking to connect with other people? That was not my intentional goal, but it has, I have over these past three years connected with the regular individuals that have been there for a long time. 
services that started out in 1993 and are still part of the group. So, and then, like, present day, what are the response, like, your volunteer responsibilities with Marjorie Book? Well, I have lots of responsibilities now. Uh, it began with, like I said, my regular attendance at these rehearsals and the service learning projects. It showed to Joe and Maria that I had an interest in volunteering and helping Marjorie Book, which is a small organization even after almost 26 years now. I think these extra responsibilities took off when I had began soliciting donations for their annual raffle fundraiser. I started doing this in the summer of 2016 when I was actually trying to sell advertising for Marjorie Book's play programs for Hedda Gabler in July of 2016 and then their Stuart Little musical the following month. And I was doing that because I thought everybody was doing that, either by themselves or with help, either getting ad space or getting raffle donations. Now, the raffle donations I was a lot more successful with and the only downside to that was that since the raffle fundraiser didn't happen until January 2nd of 2017, Joe and Maria had to hold on to items that came during the summer for five or six months, but the ad selling didn't go too well. I managed to sell some, but it could have been better. And over time, I've understood why it's hard to sell advertising. This raffle uh, fundraising led to other responsibilities that Joe and Maria felt they could pass on to me to take the pressure off of them because they're, it's, it's the two of them that's doing almost all the work unless they have volunteers from UC helping them or myself. So it began with, for example, retrieving Marjorie Book mail because I live closer to where their mailbox is than mm. anybody else. They had had difficulty getting to the mailbox because of the hours that the building was open and hours that the office would be open for them to access their mail. And since I lived closer and had more free time than they did, that sort of made it very convenient for everybody involved that I make sure that they get their mail. It moved on to being an admin for their Facebook page because they did not have time to constantly keep that up to date. They, they would always promote their events and fundraisers and so forth, but they, they couldn't, they didn't always have the time to do it more than once every couple days or I'm probably inaccurate on that part but it was whatever the situation was they felt it was a good idea to make me an admin on their Facebook and not solely run their Facebook I, I am an admin but Joe and Maria still post things on there when they have an opportunity to do so 
there's clerical responsibilities that I've been trusted with. Anything from putting together a school directory of theater and drama teachers in the schools that have drama and theater to doing audio recordings for individuals that need audio recordings to help with their theater lines to making note cards for the same purpose to other responsibilities that I can't think of off the top of my head right now but my role has become so large that it made sense for me me and Joe and Maria agreed that for me to begin attending their board of directors meetings as a volunteer leader. Mm. I'm not actually on the board, but not being on the board gives me that option to attend the board meetings indefinitely. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I was a board member, I would have to go by a three-year term or two three-year terms if I were have gotten elected for that second third term. So the option of being a volunteer leader and providing my insight without the actual board uh, requirements, I think, is has been beneficial. And I think Joe and Maria would agree with that. It's something I've been doing since last February, so it'll be a year. That's great. And and for those that aren't uh, familiar with Marjorie Book Education, can you tell our listeners a little bit about the organization and how they can learn more information about all the uh, great things uh, that you do? Yeah, um, this is an organization that started in 1993. They were known as Renegade Garage Players, which was their name until 2008, at which point they changed their name to Marjorie Book Continuing Education to reflect their increased emphasis on service projects and continuing education. They renamed it after an individual named Marjorie Book who was part of the group during the Renegade Garage Player days. And what Marjorie Book Continuing Education does is they bring together individuals both with and without disabilities participate in these service learning projects along with continuing education classes on a variety of subjects and theater. Now the continuing education subjects can be anything from yoga to learning a new language, uh, conflict resolution, psychology, the uh, Reds baseball class I mentioned earlier. They try to go into a lot of different areas in terms of literature, English, film, uh, exercise, a lot of things that individuals may not otherwise be able to learn how to do because that option wouldn't be there for them. The members and volunteers, like I said, this is a group for individuals both with and without disabilities. Uh, the individuals that do have disabilities have a range of both physical and intellectual, including myself being on the autism spectrum. Marjorie Book believes that teenagers and adults of various abilities can 
benefit from coming together for activities of common interest and sharing their gifts and strengths. This is an organization that has served hundreds of teens and adults with and without disabilities since beginning in 1993. They just celebrated their 25th anniversary last year and had a really nice, huge event last April. It was another raffle fundraiser that was included, which was very, very successful. They were, like I said, mainly a theater group until 2008, and then they expanded to the continuing education classes and the service programs. Now, for those that may be interested in learning more about this group, obviously we're online at marjoriebook.org. That's M-A-R-J-O-R-I-E-B-O-O-K, all one word, dot org. And we're also on Facebook and Twitter. You just have to look up Marjorie Book Continuing Education. And I will add that Likes and follows are hard to come by for us since we're still a small and relatively unknown organization even after 25 years. We appreciate the likes and shares and promotion that your listeners can give us. Absolutely. So, and it, it seems like um, you got an enjoyment out of volunteering with Marjorie Book. Um, did, did you then look to volunteer for other organizations? I didn't go looking. It's just that another opportunity just happened to fall on my lap, and it involves the Autism Society of Greater Cincinnati, and to be more specific, the uh, Cincinnati Adults with Autism Network Facebook page for our adult support group. What had happened was that... Uh, I had bugged Amanda Tempkemper a few times about uh, remo- about uh, support group meetings, about reminders that weren't posted because she had other commitments. Amanda's a very busy individual, hmm. and she discussed it with, uh, I, think, I think she discussed it definitely with Margie McCarthy, and they agreed that, first of all, since Amanda wasn't always going to be available, that I should be added on to that Cincinnati Adults with Autism page as a moderator so that I can post events and remind individuals about events, but also to be added as an editor for the Autism Society of Greater Cincinnati's Facebook page because I have to go through there to create the adult group events in order to post them on the group page. Mm -hmm. Now, over the course of the remainder of 2016, I was entrusted with other social media assignments that involved their school group and preschool group, the teen group, and just events in general such as promoting their annual Great Pumpkin Race and what ended up happening was after 10 months uh, Charmaine, the executive director at the time along with Carol and Margie they hired me on as their social media facilitator so this is now a paying position for me That's awesome So I currently for the most part run the Facebook page along with 
the Autism Society, Greater Cincinnati's Twitter account and our LinkedIn account. So that, that, that that's great. So and and I know you do a great job because I follow both of those pages. Thank you. For teens and adults with autism that might be interested in volunteering, like what what would be like some of the benefits or reasons why you think they they should take that step? I think for adults, if they're unemployed or maybe looking for something else or they're in between jobs, whatever that situation, a volunteer position could potentially help them build their social skills and behavioral skills and also maintain and update their resume because you can put volunteer work on resumes and it could lead to a potential job that pays regardless of if it's full-time or part-time and they can continue volunteering even while they're working as long as they have a schedule that they can balance out to where there's no scheduling conflicts between what their job shift is and what their volunteer schedule is or what they're needed for in terms of volunteering. And do you have any advice for people that are looking for volunteer opportunities about how they should go about doing that? Well, I found out that the United Way usually has volunteer opportunities you can look into. Um, you may have to do a more specific search for United Way Cincinnati or wherever, whatever part of town you're from. If you're north of Cincinnati, uh, look to see what's available in Dayton. Uh, look to see what's available in northern Kentucky uh, for individuals in Cleveland it's I'm sure the United Way has a chapter up there as well um, I believe United Way's website is just unitedway.org I'm not specific but they're available on social media as well so regardless of how you look into them they'll direct you to what you're looking for but also if you know someone in your family or social circle who volunteers you can ask if you can volunteer wherever they are or volunteer mm -hmm. with what they do they may need to run it by somebody above them to see if it's okay uh, the person in charge may want to do a background check and other legal things just to because they have to but like I said, you can ask a friend, ask a family member. In my case, I heard about Marjorie Book in 2014, and since I knew who Joe was, that was kind of an easy, it was an easy route for me to take. I felt it was easier than trying to just look into areas that were I would have to apply and I would come in not knowing even the people that are running whatever the volunteer project is or the volunteer group but like I said I knew I knew Joe and I knew about Marjorie books so I just went in and just 
on my own, just sort of mm. started volunteering, and Joe and Maria have been very happy with it for the past three years. Yeah, so so trying to find those opportunities through who you, through who you know. Yeah, and also look into opportunities that are in common with your interests. Mm-hmm. Perhaps those who like pets may want to look into volunteering with the ASPCA. I know that Animaticon which is an anime and cosplay convention, they are currently looking for volunteers to help with their event, which is coming up March 22nd through 24th up in Blue Ash. You can check them out at animaticon.com. One other thing about Animaticon is that they, what they do is they create a convention that not only welcomes those with disabilities, but also does our part in helping remove any limitations, one with face due to their disabilities while attending an animation and cosplay convention such as theirs. So you can go there as a, as a spectator, but you can also go as a volunteer if that's something that you're interested in. So check them out. Again, animaticon.com. Their three-day event will start March 22nd. Great. Now, I know you're currently employed and maybe don't have as much time as you did, say, in maybe 2015 or 2016. So why do you continue to volunteer? Yeah, I went back into the workforce in October of 2017. So, and the job has been part-time ever since I started and continues to be part-time. So... Having that part-time job still gives me a time to continue helping Joe and Maria with Marjorie Book with the tasks that I was doing before, along with continuing to help the Autism Society with the social media work that they asked me to do and I've been doing for a couple years now. And I have done very well with balancing everything. There hasn't been any, you know, conflicts in terms of well I'm doing this so I can't do this. The part-time job is always going to come first so in the summer of 2018 I was not involved with Marjorie Book a whole lot because I work nights and a lot of what they do in terms of theater rehearsals occur during the early evening so Mm. I was unavailable so things that I normally would have done were assigned to other volunteers, but I still try to help them when I can, even if it's, you know, if I'm only available one day a week, you know, I still try to spend a couple hours with them to help them with whatever they're doing at the time in terms of what play or what clerical work may need to be done that hasn't been done yet, and I feel that Everyone's happy. I wanted to go back to something you were talking about earlier. Um, I know you're participating in um, board meetings for, for Marjorie Book. Uh, how, how do you feel like that has been helpful to you, and do you like enjoy giving your, your like feedback to, to the board? Yes, yes, on both ends. Um, a lot of I've been able to provide a lot of input that has been put into motion. May it be from a fundraising standpoint, a website standpoint, our 
website, marjoriebook.org. It was actually just completely updated. So I provided some input on what we needed and what I felt we did not need. Mm -hmm. I also provide input on, for example, uh, whether or not to do Facebook boosting for certain Marjorie Book events. I provide input on fundraising. I provide input on other, there's other areas, unfortunately. I can't think of them off the top of my head right now, but... Sounds like a lot of areas. Yeah, and one of the other things I help with um, for Joe, it's not really board-related, but still an important part is because a lot of the work they do is over at UC, and right now we're in the middle of basketball season, and FC Cincinnati will be getting started in March, so I went and I checked off what dates and what times UC basketball had a game, and when FC Cincinnati would have a match, so that Joe could adjust his uh, rehearsal schedules, his uh, class schedule for the continuing education classes, and if necessary for his monthly Dungeons & Dragons role-playing group. So I try to help with whatever I can for the better of the group. And I feel that the board members are happy that I'm part of the team. I have, uh, I've been trusted with certain information and files that are normally reserved for board members, but with me being a volunteer leader and with the work I do, they have trusted me with, like, just, like I said, stuff on Google Drive that I may need access to or things of importance that are for that are usually just for the board members. Yeah, I think that think that's great. I hope more nonprofit organizations in the future have people on the spectrum participate, you know, in, in their boards and, and give their valuable input. Well we actually have from we actually do have somebody on the spectrum who's a board member on the Autism Society. That's a recent development. So Locally, we're moving in the right direction, and like you, I hope it continues to improve, not just locally, but nationally. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I always say that I learn the most about um, autism from people with autism. So if there's like one lesson people um, without autism um, can learn from you, what would you say that that is? I will say from my standpoint, I try so hard to not show that I'm on the spectrum as in I try to blend in with anybody else socially, behaviorally, to where if something does happen, it may come as a shock to people that I'm on the spectrum and Obviously, a lot of people don't know that I'm on the spectrum, especially uh, employees at work. 
uh, the only people that know at work are human resources and my immediate management. But uh, it's hard to just try to be it's neurotypical and handle things the way everybody else does because I have certain things that I like to do differently or things I think about differently and it's from for me it's that I'm not a bad guy I'm not a bad guy it's I just need an opportunity or I need people to give me time if they don't know who I am to you know, just try to get to them try to get to know me slowly don't rush to the assumption that this guy's a jerk or he's unapproachable or anything else everybody with autism is different so what may work for one individual is not going to work for somebody else so it's the saying it's how the saying goes if you've met one person with autism you've met one person with autism in individual an invisible disability so you can't look at somebody and just know right off the bat unless they're doing or saying things that may come across as they may be on the spectrum and don't assume they're on the spectrum either you can ask them or if they tell you themselves then that's their choice but we all we're all nice individuals we all want what's best for ourselves and the people around us we just don't show it the way most people would uh, from a job standpoint I encourage employers to give applicants that may be on the spectrum give them a chance to show what they're capable of because if they tell you in the interview that they're on the spectrum that doesn't mean that they can't do the job that they applied for and I can speak from personal experience I got turned down quite a bit in 2016 because I disclosed during or towards the end of the interview that I was on the spectrum because I thought that was the right thing to do and that employers are going to say that they found other qualified applicants or give you some other reason but none of those places hired me and obviously the thought in the back of my mind was that I should have disclosed after they hired me because then they have to keep you because mm -hmm. they could face a lot of legal trouble if, for firing somebody with any disability. Individuals with autism, both children and adults, we are capable of more than what we, than what society gives us credit for and I wish that would change. Um, for another thing with employers is don't rush to discipline or terminate an employee with autism because of a conflict. Try to make an effort to work with them and help them, which unfortunately did not work out for me because I've been fired from quite a few jobs despite the employer knowing I'm on the spectrum and either they don't know 
how to work with individuals on the spectrum or something else. And that may be something that employers should look into is training sessions for all their employees on working with individuals with autism or if it's a business that children attend like movie theaters or whatever you know train your staff to work with children that are on the autism spectrum so that they have a enjoyable experience mm-hmm. if you know someone with autism through school or work or somewhere else or you think they may be on the spectrum or they tell you they're on the spectrum I advise you to just be patient with them and allow yourself time to learn about them and try to uh, try to be in their world uh, they'll like I said we're not jerks we're not we're not purposely bullying anybody we just have different ways of communicating that are not the same as most but if you give us a chance it's possible that we could become a new friend of yours down the road. Well, Bill, I love that, and I really enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you so much for your time. Me too. Thank you very much, Doug. Thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode. There are many uh, good reasons to volunteer, but probably the one I keep coming back to is that it is a great way to develop community, to give people the belief that they are contributing to their community and not to be so isolated. Autism Personal Coach also does that as we save people with autism from feeling alone and being isolated. So often teens and adults with autism struggle with anxiety and as a result don't have success in their lives. Autism Personal Coach is a unique service in that we help those with autism by working on meaningful individualized goals in the setting in which they'll be used so anxiety is greatly reduced and as a result they become more independent and successful. To get an autism coach for a loved one or yourself, it's very easy. All you have to do is email autismpersonalcoach at yahoo.com or call 216-336-5889 and request a coach today. On next week's episode of Autism Stories, we will talk with uh, Mike Sweeten um, of Butler County Board of Developmental Disabilities, and we will discuss about those with waivers and how they and their family members can work best with their county support administrator. Talk to you then.